Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Bloomer Church. Um, it's been so good that we can get together, even though it's not in the same building, but the church is about the people and not the building. Um, the presses are, are here just to remind you that we're all this together. You're not alone, and we're going to get through this as one family uh, united in Christ. Yes, uh, so Jonathan and Reagan have uh, talked last week about making all things new. And the thing that stuck about the message uh, to Abuli and I was how renewing your mind was the first thing uh, um, when it comes to change. And Abuli and I are very different people, and it has affected this virus has affected us differently. Uh, she's a scientist, uh, and her mind thinks as a scientist, so she thinks statistically and. Um, Sometimes that brings about fear, um, and in the other hand, I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I'm just like, oh, a virus, I'll be okay, like we're all going to be okay, you know, let's not uh, feed into this, but uh, we've been able to call each other out and uh, be like, hey, like, you know, this virus is not in control, God is in control, and she's been able to call me out and say, hey, let's take this seriously, this is serious, which it is, and we all should, should do our part in this. Uh, but that's been our like renewing our minds in this. Uh, so we've been doing our part in this. So thank you so much, Bluemont Church, and hope you guys have a good week. Have a great Sunday. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be back with you. I'm so glad that we got to worship together this morning. And it was good to, to hear that greeting from Richie and Julia Perez as well. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Jonathan Huff, and I serve as a pastor here with, with Bluemont Church. And it's been an exciting time. It's an exciting time. It's been kind of an adventure. This is our third location for these Sunday experiences in the last three weeks. We thought we had things set. And then just yesterday, we found out that because one of uh, Michael Partridge, who's our main video guy at his job he was with people who were with people who were with someone who just was diagnosed with COVID-19 and so we're being extra careful he's quarantining for um, probably the next two weeks and we're all being a little extra even more careful with our distancing because of that so we're here in my living room this morning I want to talk as we're continuing our theme that we've been on just so timely for what's going on in the world right now of an indestructible life. And we're looking at how through what we celebrate with, with Easter, and this is the beginning today of what's called Passion Week, the remembrance of Jesus' last week on earth, leading up to his death, burial, and resurrection. And we're looking at how that brought an indestructible life to the world and to us, to everyone who would believe in him and follow him. And so two weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus and his work on the cross dissolves distance, the distance between us and God, and the distance between us and one another, no matter how much physical distancing we have to experience right now. And then last week, we, my wife Reagan and I talked about how Jesus makes all things new, and he is making all things new right now. And this may be a time for a, a God-ordained reset in, in our lives and in our, in our culture in many ways. And so we want to participate in that with God. There are a lot of good things that God's doing. I know we hear a lot of bad news, 
But there are a lot of good things that God is doing in the world right now. And I heard a testimony this week that was really encouraging to me. It was from a, an Italian doctor, a 38-year-old doctor named Lulian Lorenzo. And God is here. And many people are experiencing that right now. We pray that that's just going to continue and that that will continue in each of our lives as well. Today we're going to talk about freedom from fear. And if you have questions as, we're, as, as I'm talking, and later we're going to hear from our friend Jenny McDonald as well, really telling her story of how God has really taught her how to, her how to live in freedom from fear through some tough stuff. Uh, go ahead and type those questions in, and I won't be, Jenny and I won't be able to interact with you in the same way today as we did the last couple of weeks, but you all can, can even just be um, interacting with, with each other um, during this time and be really encouraging each other, ministering to each other as we go. So that, that would be great. But there's a lot of fear out there, right? We all know that's true. There's a lot of fear in a lot of us. And I know when I go to the store now, I just start to feel my eyes itchy. Is Oh, am I coming down with something? What's going on? I, the next 12 hours, maybe I'm starting to, my mind's playing games with, playing games with me. And those sorts of questions and fears different levels of intensity for different ones of us, but that's likely only going to increase as things continue to spread. And, you know, especially the media cycle and then just the economic challenges that are going on right now, there's a, a lot of cause for concern and fear. And I think, you know, I was talking to someone about this. I think we're less accustomed in our culture and our community to, to weighty things like, like death, sickness and, and dying than a lot of people in history have been, even a lot of other communities here in Manhattan, Kansas, we're a college town, a lot of young people, pretty healthy people, we're not dealing with the reality of death as much as really is a part of life um, across the board. And so it's even this year, one thing that some of us have been doing is going out and doing this, this Manhattan Wants to Know survey, where we're asking people in Manhattan what they want to know. And... We, a couple of the questions on the survey were, what's the biggest challenge in Manhattan? What do you think that is? And what's the biggest challenge in your life? And it was interesting that a pretty good number of people had a hard time identifying what a big challenge was in our community or in our life, just in their own lives a few weeks ago. And this, uh, this situation has, has changed that, I believe. And it might be good for something to get our attention. And there's nothing that gets our attention like death. There's the reality of death gets our attention like, like nothing else. And death is the ultimate fear. It's our biggest in enemy. It's the ultimate crisis. It's the Bible is very clear that death is the result of sin entering the world. And it's, it's, there's no getting around it. We're all, we're all going to die as, um, as my my, as one of my favorite movies, uh, what about Bob? Back in the '90s, Siggy Freud said that we're all going to die. Maybe soon, maybe later, we're all going to die. And it's it's actually good to face that. And our hope comes from the fact that we're not the first ones. But not only that, but that Jesus faced death, and because of that, the that is what really takes the power of death away for us and the fear of death. We read. I love how in the story. Um, of the, the night Jesus was betrayed at the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus is going to the Father and knowing what's about to happen. 
And in Matthew 26, 39, we read that he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And so Jesus, as a man, as a human, he was feeling the enormity of the death that he was about to endure. And it was a, a much more intense death than anything we would ever face, ever will face. And he didn't want to do that. He was, had to face those fears about that. But because of his love for us and his love for the Father, he said, but Lord, I'm willing to go through it. Not my will that yours be done. And he went through that. And because of that, the power of death was broken. In Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, were, there's a just powerful biblical description of what was accomplished through Jesus' death and resurrection. We read in, in verse 14 of Hebrews 2, Since the children, since we have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So Jesus conquered the powers of evil, conquered the powers of death, conquered the power of fear that can so easily rule over us. And now that doesn't mean that we don't still face scary stuff. That doesn't mean that we won't still die. But it means that God will always be with us if we trust in him and are aligned with him. And we can be prepared for the worst of the worst. We can be prepared for death if we're in right relationship with God. Now, I want to be really clear that if we're not in right relationship with God, then fear is appropriate. And it's not just like, oh, yeah, just don't be afraid of anything. But this, you know, we, there, it's not that we shouldn't fear anything, but Proverbs talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so we should have a healthy fear of God's holiness and a realization of the consequences of our sins. If we had the same, it'd be healthy if we had the same level of fear towards our sin as we do towards coronavirus. If we realize, oh man, when I, when I live in a way that is not appropriate as an image bearer of God and that dishonors God with my choices in my life, then that contaminates and destroys my life and others and the world around me. That would be a healthy fear. And in, so if we're not in right relationship with God, then, then fear of death and fear of the consequences of sin is, is appropriate. In Luke 12, 5, Jesus says that, I tell you, my friends, don't fear those who kill the body. And after that, they have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. But if we are in right relationship with God, then we don't need to be afraid of death. In 2 Corinthians 5.8, Paul writes and says, Yes, we're fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. I really, this came home to me in a very personal way when I was 11 or 12. I had become a Christian before this and had believed that that meant that I didn't have to be afraid of death. But I was with my family 
we were swimming in this this river where there was a man-made waterfall and it was i don't know if you've ever been in a place like this but there was a waterfall where you could swim under it and come up behind the waterfall and just really cool having the water coming down around you and you know you're you're you're, you're breathing you're it's just a powerful experience and so i'd done that once or twice but then the next time I went under the waterfall, I went too far back and there was a space under the, the concrete there. And I came up and there was a concrete wall on top of me and I was disoriented. I couldn't see the light. I didn't know which direction was which. And so I was swimming around trying to find my way out. not sure what had happened. And after a little while, I came to the conclusion, I, I don't know how to get out of here. I think this is the end. And what was amazing is that in that experience, I thought I was going to die and I had complete peace. And I, I knew, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be with God. And I guess this is the end. And now I'm glad that actually that wasn't the end. And right after that, I, I swam around a little bit more. I came to the right place and I'm here today. But that is a reality that we don't have to be afraid of death or anything else when our faith is in Jesus. And, and he is with us. But that reality is, is true, but that doesn't mean that we don't experience real fear, real feelings of fear. And it doesn't mean there's not a battle. And we're going to listen to Jenny McDonald now, really tell what God has taught her as she's walked through some tough stuff and really come into a place of freedom from fear. So I want to encourage you, take notes, listen close, because Jenny's got some good stuff for us you're going to hear right now. My name is Jenny McDonald, and like Jonathan said, I get to share with you today the process of me overcoming fear in my life. Um, so first, let me give you a little bit of background. So about four years ago, I had just moved into a new house with some new roommates, and um, one night, I was sound asleep, and out of nowhere, I woke up, and there was a man next to my bed. His hand was on my leg, and of course, I freaked out. Um, I jumped up, was standing on my bed, and the first thing that I said to him was, who are you, what are you doing, get out of my house. And so weirdly enough, this guy just literally ran out of my bedroom. Um, so I ran to my sister's room, make sure she was okay, and we called the cops, called 911, and there was no traces of him anywhere. So as you can imagine, after this happened, I was just really scared. I felt very unsafe in my home and spent a lot of nights just in fear that this man would come back into our home and, um, you know, break in again. Um, along with all these scary and confusing feelings, I was left with the question of if God loves me, then why did he let this stranger break into our home? Wasn't he supposed to be protecting us? Um, and so I, I try to talk myself through this by saying, well, there were a lot of bad things that could have happened, but that didn't happen. So God was protecting me in that way. But then I just kept thinking like, but what if these bad things would have happened? Um, does that mean that God doesn't love me? Like I was just really confused and wrestling with that. So, um, as I don't know if you guys know about the Enneagram, but Enneagram sevens, we don't like to feel these things. Instead, we'd rather push them down and like go on with life and enjoy life. So that's exactly what I did. 
um, because shortly after I got engaged and I didn't have time to be scared or be worried about a man breaking into my house. I was busy planning a wedding and a future with my husband. Um, so all of that happened. Fast forward about four years, 2019, um, my husband, Edward, Eddie, a lot of us call him, um, we had our first baby and she was born in July, 2019. Her name is Mariana. Um, and she's a beautiful baby girl, brings a lot of joy to our lives and she's crazy like Eddie and I, and I can even say like her aunt. <laughs> um, but when she was born, I started to experience fear again, and this time in a much more powerful way. Um, at that time, it was mostly fear of her dying in her sleep and even fear of somebody kidnapping her, you know, just my fear was losing her. Um, but along with that fear, the fear that this man that broke into my house four years ago started to come back again. And I would find myself during late night feedings wondering if he was peeking through our window or anytime I would hear noises in my house, I would wonder like, is somebody in here? Is somebody spying on us, just watching us? Um, so for a while, I tried to fight that fear that I was feeling. I asked people to pray for me and pray with me. And I just couldn't seem to escape that fear of this person um, just like stalking me and trying to see what I was doing. So eventually I just kind of felt myself give in to that fear and what started to happen was I would let my mind create these movies of like, yeah, there was somebody outside my window spying on me and they were keeping track of everything I was doing so they knew exactly when I would be up in the middle of the night feeding the baby. Um, or they would know when people would leave the house and I was by myself and that was like their chance to come and look in through the window and or like break in whatever it was. Um, my mind just created these movies and instead of me, you know, holding those thoughts captive, I just went with it. So the fruit of these fears um, started to become me being afraid to be in my own home. I wasn't at peace in my own home. Um, I was very, very scared to be left by myself. Um, and on top of that, I wasn't being my normal self. I'm usually very upbeat and happy, but I became depressed and like didn't want to hang out with people. And in addition to that, I felt like my relationship with God was becoming very distant. I just felt like there was a wedge between us and I couldn't figure out why. I tried to press in, read my Bible and pray and even fast, but I just wasn't able to just feel that intimate relationship with God and I wasn't really sure what was happening. So one night, um, I, my husband and I love working out, so I decided to go on a run on our treadmill. We bought a treadmill, put it in our garage, and I was really excited to work out. So I went out there and as soon as I got on the treadmill, was just walking, I realized, oh, I'm by myself. And I, again, just had the feeling that somebody was watching me and was just waiting for somebody to walk into the garage and like attack me any minute. Um, so with my mind racing and all these things just coming to my imagination, my heart started racing as well. And I started to get sweaty, not because I was working out even, but just because I was just feeling so anxious and scared. 
And usually I can push through. I was feeling scared. If I felt scared, I could push through and finish doing what I was doing, but I couldn't. I couldn't do that at this time. So um, I ran inside just crying, shaking, and like out of breath. And my husband was asking me like, what's going on, what happened? And once I calmed down, I just told him that I was so angry. I was so ticked off because I couldn't even do the things that I loved. I couldn't work out. I couldn't be at home by myself in the quiet. Um, and I was just tired of not living the full and abundant life that I knew God had for me. I wasn't living in that. And it was making me really angry. And that was like the final point where I decided I didn't want to live like that anymore. So we prayed together. Um, and it was really amazing because that very night, God showed me a dream where it was really funny the way he showed me. Um, so in my dream, I was at home by myself and these two men broke in. It was um, this boss guy and his assistant. And they were part of the mafia and they, I don't know why, but they decided to break into our house. And I, it was me and Mariana, our baby. And throughout this dream, I just started to fall in love and trust um, one of these mafia guys. And they started to like help me with Mar and I was just like, you know, giving them my trust. And the cops came and I was like, hey, I can save you from like being arrested. Just let me talk to the cops and I saved him. And so I started bringing this guy with me to like call to greatness events and to church. And I felt like a little bit of shame when I would walk in with this guy in this dream. And even at one point, Jonathan Hupp was like watching me interact with this guy that I was in a relationship with. And he was looking at me and I felt so ashamed. So I woke up and immediately I knew that God was telling me that I had given my allegiance and I had chosen to be in a relationship with fear. Fear was this bad person that... Um, was, you know, the enemy, but I had chosen to trust them and um, be in this relationship with them. So, of course, I was very convicted and I felt very, very sorrowful because I had given this place that is supposed to be Jesus that is for me and what's good for me. I had given that place to fear that wasn't good and wasn't for me and was bringing destruction to my life. So that was when I decided to take action. I immediately called um, Reagan and her along with Elaine and Abdulia, some women from our community. I asked them to come and pray for me, pray with me. And during that time, um, I, I just repented of giving my allegiance to fear and declared Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life and gave him that rightful place of being king in my life again. And it was a moment full of joy and tears, um, and it was just very freeing. And it was amazing because as soon as I did that, I started to hear from God so much more and so much more clearly than I had in the past few months. Like I said previously, I was just feeling a wedge between God and me and wasn't really hearing from Him. But God like came through immediately as soon as I said, hey God, Jesus, like you're the king of my life. Um, and a few of the things that he spoke to me almost immediately was that he called me his fearless adventurer. And along with this word, he showed me a picture that he had actually given to me years ago when I had just become a Christian. It's a picture of me whitewater rafting and I'm like in the front, in the front of the raft just like pointing out into 
the river and like excited to be on this adventure with God. So God was reminding me, like, I'm calling you a fearless adventurer and I want you to live in this thing that I'm calling you. And honestly, I like couldn't believe that about myself. I couldn't believe that God called me a fearless adventurer because I felt like a coward because for months I had been so afraid and like hiding from people, hiding from um, just these movies that I had created in my head. So I didn't feel like a fearless, I didn't feel like a fearless adventurer. I felt like a coward. But I chose to take what God was saying and live that truth out instead of submitting to the lies that fear had instilled in my heart. And a verse, another verse that God gave me was 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, um, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. And this meant a lot to me because I didn't feel like a powerful person. I wasn't feeling God's love during this time. And I wasn't feeling like I had a sound mind. I felt like a crazy person because of these things that I was creating in my mind. And I would go and tell my husband, hey, I know there's someone outside. And, you know, he would go check to humor me, you know, to make me feel better. He would go check, but obviously there was no one outside. So I felt like a crazy person, but God was saying, no, I have given you a sound mind of logic and to not live like being tossed back and forth like the waves, but to be stable. Um, and again, I chose to live by these things and I declared them over myself constantly. Another awesome truth that God gave me and that he was inviting me to live by was from Psalm 23, 5. And in this verse, he talks about how he is um, inviting us to this banquet, this feast. He has prepared this feast for us in the presence of our enemies. And the way I see that is like God inviting me to live this abundant life full of blessings and full of the people that he has given me and essentially like just live out this party um, in the presence of my enemies, like without being faced because of the enemies that are there. And again, this was really hard for me to like, live by at first because you know it was hard for me to want to celebrate and live life at in the midst of like so much fear and terror that I was like living with so again I took that to heart and started applying it and one of the most impactful times was worship um, just being able to sing and celebrate with God of who he was and just give him glory instead of singing to fear and telling fear that it doesn't have power over me and just you know focusing on fear God was wanting me to focus on him and like celebrate him even though all these horrible things you know were happening and even though evil was trying to like bring destruction to my life so um, God gave me all these great things to live by and it didn't change like immediately. I was still feeling fear, still feeling anxiety and having, you know, anxiety attacks. So I decided to go to a therapist in search of more practical tools that I could use in my everyday life um, to find more freedom from this. And it was amazing because even though my therapist wasn't Christian per se, these tools that she gave me were very biblical based. And so the first one that she gave me was what she called a negative and positive list. And she had me write out a list of negative things. So all the things that that scared me, um, that triggered my anxiety. And um, on the positive list, corresponding to these negative things, I would write the truth. 
So for example, if I hear a sound in my house, that would make me think like that there's, there's somebody in my house in that moment. But in the positive list, if I hear a sound in my house, that doesn't mean anybody's in there, so there's nobody in my house. So I would declare this list over myself, the positive list, every time I start feeling anxious, just to retrain my mind to not go directly to these scenarios that I had created, but instead to think and connect these triggers to the truth that there wasn't anybody trying to attack me, there wasn't anybody trying to break into my house. And it's just really awesome because the Bible says that we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's exactly what the therapist was having me do through declaring these things over and over. Um, and secondly, I thought this was amazing. She encouraged me to talk to fear and anxiety as if it were a person and to break up with it and tell it that it didn't have authority over my life every time that I was feeling fear or anxiety. And that's exactly what we did when we prayed together. So I just thought it was awesome how God uses these biblical principles, even in places that aren't called, you know, Christian. It works for everybody. It's really cool. So throughout these past months, it has been a process of, you know, applying these different things to my life. Every single day, I have to choose to live in the truth that God gave me instead of choosing to live in the truth or the lies that fear is bringing to me. Um, so two of the biggest things that God revealed to me was that, again, God isn't going to take the feelings of fear away. Instead, he wants me to know and live in the authority that he has given me and live in the freedom that he has given to me and that abundant life in the midst of fear being there. And in the midst of enemies and in the midst of, you know, whatever it is that is evil around us. God wants us to um, live the abundant life that he has because he has made a way for us to do that. And secondly, the question that I was asking initially was if God is good and if God loves me, why would he let these bad things happen to me? Well, the reality is that God doesn't ever promise that bad things won't happen to us. If you look in the Bible... He doesn't promise that anywhere, but he does promise that he will be with us through these things and that he will never, ever leave us alone. Um, Psalm 139 talks about that, that it doesn't matter where we go, he's with us. If we go to heaven, he'll be there. If we go down to the pits of hell, he's going to be there. Romans 8, 38 through 39 says that there's absolutely nothing, nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And that's really encouraging because if we are living in this love that God has for us, and if we're abiding in Him, that's all we need. Like, we can die, and that's okay, because we're still going to be in God's presence and God's love, and we're going to have everything that we need. So that brought so much comfort to my life and so much rest, and living by this really makes it hard to be afraid of things, because there's nothing that can bring destruction to our life, as we've been talking about um, in this series. So again, you know, I still feel fear and anxiety, but thanks to God, I don't have to be a slave to that. I don't have to submit to that. I have an opportunity to live in the freedom that God has given to me. So I hope that's encouraging to you. Thank you so much for letting me share my story with you, and I'm excited to hear from you guys. Thanks, Jenny. That's so just powerful hearing your story, and I so appreciate all that you've walked through in this journey because it's paying dividends for the rest of us. So thanks for being so heroic in that, in that matter. And, you know, I really appreciate how, even though there are some breakthrough moments, 
in Jenny's story, it didn't just, the fear didn't just dissipate, totally go away overnight, but it's an ongoing process still of renewing our minds and, and believing God and knowing that he's with us despite, what, despite how we feel. And I was just thinking, you know, that's really one of the qualities of real believers. That's always been the case. That's how Jesus lived. He faced his fears with, um, with courage, despite what it felt like. And that's a mark of his followers that's been throughout, throughout history. And actually, we're going to watch another quick video now of another one of our favorite young heroes who's really learning to find freedom from fear and just live this out in a way we can all emulate. So let's check out this video. so cool. First of all, I didn't know our friend Bo Banner could do flips like that. But man, what a picture of how God goes before us and how Jesus went to the cross. He faced death. He faced the scariest enemies we have and defeated them and overcame them. And as we see what he's done, it just calls us to be doing our own faith somersaults and doing what we can to, to be like him out in the world. And so I'm excited to see and, and hear stories of how God leads us to take those steps of faith and, and to do our own our own faith somersaults this week. So if you have some, send those in on here on YouTube or social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and we look forward to hearing those. We've got some uh, good stuff happening this week, too. Our online small groups kicked off to a great start this past week. We have just, just a great response of people joining in. And those groups have been very life-giving and encouraging and an important time of us coming together with one another. And, and really, God's doing good things, good things in our lives as we do that. So I'm uh, excited. So many people said yes. If you, if you haven't joined one yet, there's still all these groups are open. And so uh, talk to someone if you know someone or just email us at info at bluemont.church and we'll, find, we'll help you find a spot. Also, this is Passion Week, our remembrance and celebration of Jesus' victory on the cross and remembering all he's gone through and what he's done through that and just really uh, worshiping him in a way like we never have before. We're going to be doing that this week. And the main way we're going to do that together is Thursday night, we're going to have a worship night with communion in the middle of it. And so the way we're going to do this is we'll all worship together, but we're going to have a time where here on YouTube, we'll be uh, walking us through our communion, but we want each of you to prepare your own communion at home. So get some bread, get some grape juice um, or some wine and be ready to gather together with roommates or family. And we are going to remember and celebrate what Jesus has done for us and like, like never before. So 7 o'clock on, on Thursday, we'll see you there. Other than that, have a great week. Let's do some face somersaults and look forward to hearing those stories. <laughs>